for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 323 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Paul's Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And ladies and gentlemen, there was almost not a podcast this evening. It was close. It has been a turbulent few hours for both Will and I. More so Will than me, but... Let us say, touch and go, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so, our buddy Will here been having the tummy issues and been feeling great. i am uh recovering from or in in the the last the last throes of what is like a 24 hour stomach flu stomach not flu but stomach yeah. virus which my kid had it i'll tell you the story we can we can tell that story later no go for it. it but uh tuesday night middle of the night my mom who's spending the night with, with us and the kids comes in my room and says i need your help uh liam's throwing up Liam has thrown up all over the guest bed, off into the side of the carpet. Um, my mom has him in the bath and is cleaning him up. He's shivering a little bit, you know. So we're taking care of him, and I'm cleaning up vomit. And bro, this shit smells rancid. Whoa. Like I don't know what was on his guts. I know what I fed him for dinner. He had a hot dog, a hot dog with mustard, and that's what he had. Bro, barfed up hot dog on his sour virus. I don't know if I'll he ever barfed up the glizzy. The the what? The glizzy. What is that? It's a hot. You've never heard a hot dog referred to as a glizzy? I have not. I'm. I am stuck in the butt crack of the internet. You should be happy. Go ahead. Mm. So anyway, you're cleaning up. So we're cleaning up this. Uh, you know, I get him situated. Get him a sprite. You know, I give him some medicine. You know, a little Tylenol. Try to break up fever that it seems like he's got, and get him tucked in with grandma again. Get a, you know, and then everything's like, it'll be fine. I get him a towel just in case, you know, he barfs in bed uh, and grandma's got him. And then sure enough, about 30 minutes later, I, you know, my mom's like, I need your help. You threw up again. Boom. Kid throws up again. There was a third time. And then uh, there was a fourth and fifth time. And the fourth and fifth time were dry heaves. And then I, I scrounged around in the medicine cabinet and come out with some anti-nausea medicine. 
And he was able to sleep after that. After I gave him the anti-nausea med, he was able to sleep. But the next day, he was just a ghost, you know, exhausted, pale. And then that night, I started feeling sick. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, no, 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 no. And and I was like, in the beginning of my mind, I was like, you know what? You've only slept like two hours last night, maybe three combined across the night. So you're just exhausted. This You're feeling nauseous and you got that little headache because you're exhausted. And then by about 7 p.m. last night, I called my wife and I was like, look, I know you're close to home, but I need you to hurry because I'm baiting. Like, I'm not doing well. Uh, and I felt nauseous all night <laughs> like I was going to barf. But uh, – it never, it never really happened, but I had to get in bed. And then when I got in bed, I was like shivering and shaking and sweating oh, and the kicking worst. the covers off and uh, just feeling like absolute dog shit all night. And then most of the morning this morning, but my mom came to watch the kids and I slept a good chunk of the morning. Um, and then I got up and straightened up the house, did the dishes, a bunch of shit. And then I did a lot. I probably shouldn't have done that. And so I started feeling worse, but I, I, I laid back down for a little while trying to get a little rest for doing the podcast this evening. Yeah, so big ups to our boy Will here, pushing through that. So, and mine is not as bad, right? The kicker is that Olivia was the most craziest, rambunctious she has ever been. Like, uh, you know, when Liam was trying to sleep early morning, she's figured out how to open doors, so she kept trying to go open his door. And like I'm literally chasing her around the house for hours that morning. Oh no! You know, she just she was crazy. She was just crazy. <clears throat> so this morning, right, I get up and I had some stuff I needed to take care of today. I needed to go get my shot, pick up a prescription, get the oil changed in the car. This is my plan for this morning slash early afternoon, right? So I'm hanging out the house and messing around on my laptop before I head out. And I hear a loud pop from somewhere in our neighborhood. Oh, Almost no. like the sound of like, you know, when you hear a transformer blow. Yeah. Um, I hear that, but our power doesn't go out and I don't think anything of it. And then Jesse comes out of her office like two minutes later. I think the internet's down. Sure enough, our internet's down. And so, <clears throat> you know, I call them and. You get the stupid fucking automated thing. I don't know if you've had to call for internet technical issues lately or if, if the company uses the same, but you call and you got it like, it's like, what are you having a problem with? And I'm like, internet issues. What was that? Internet issues. What was that? Yeah. I'm having an internet outage. You're having a cable outage? No, I'm having an internet outage. You know what I mean? Right. And so then you never talk to anybody, right? It's like, I'll send a reboot signal to your modem. That should fix mm -hmm. things. And I'm like, yeah. you can't talk to a, you can't talk to a person until they reboot your modem. Right. Which is messed up. Which by the way, I had already done. I ain't no dummy when it comes it's to this the shit. first thing you do before yep. you even get on the phone. We're not stupid. Right. So they send the reboot signal and they're like, uh, this can take to about 10 minutes. So uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye. And then just hangs up on me, infuriated. Oh, no. They don't even promise to call you back when it's done. No. Oh. So it reboots, and I decide to give it its, its chance. So I'm sitting there watching it, watching it, and it reboots. And sure enough, we still don't have internet. So I'll call again, and now the automated 
system is like, are you calling about the same problem you just called us with? And I'm like, yes, yes, I am. And then I get the automated message. Hmm. It seems like there's an internet service outage in your area. We'll give you a call when it's back up and running. And buddy, I was like, oh, you think? Oh, you think there's an outage? All I wanted to do was talk to somebody, right? <clears throat> so, you know, go about my day, go to Walgreens, get my shot, get pick up my prescription, go to get my oil changed at one of those 10-minute oil change places. It took an uh-huh. hour. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, I'm already a little cranky because by this time we're hitting around 2 o'clock in the afternoon and I still have a bunch of work I need to get done. Right. So I'm driving home and I have my window down. And you know the four-way stop before you turn into onto our street? Yeah. I pull up there and right ahead of me on the corner are the uh, internet guys up on the pole working on something. I was like, oh, well, yeah. sure. at least they're working on working on it. And right before I'm about to turn... Another loud oh, pop no. from up on that pole. And I hear one of the guys go, well, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And oh, then no. our internet, I don't know exactly when it came back on, because eventually I got a text and it was like, uh, we're estimating 630 this evening. And I was like, oh, damn, no. damn. So I'm hanging out. I'm doing what work I can around seven o'clock. By the way, I'm just sitting here in complete silence it's driving me crazy because you know normally i watch or listen to something while i'm working yeah 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 <laughs> oh if the internet goes out guess what you ain't doing netflix hulu peacock any I'm of that shit you didn't bust into your dvds buddy i didn't want to sit like i was i, I was fu- fucking frustrated trying to get work done so i didn't want to sit at the dvd shelf for 30 yeah. minutes trying to pick something to watch Put yeah. it in. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. fuck it. I'm working in silence. We're doing it live. Fuck it. Dude. And then, so, you know, supposedly I'm supposed to get a call or a text when the internet comes back on. <laughs> I ain't ever get a call or a text. No way. I ain't ever get a call or a text. And so around 7, I'm just like, oh, God, I'm going to go try the internet. They said 630. And sure enough, it's working. So, uh, yeah, that was fucking frustrating. But, um, you know. I wasn't peeing out of my butt or throwing up. So Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Hey. Hey, if you want to do something way better than having an internet outage when you work from home or peeing out of your, your bee hole, your <laughs> bussy. Oh. Then you should follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. And if you really want to have a good time, you should sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast, where when you sign up, you get access to all kinds of bonus podcasts. Uh, we just released a brand new episode of Jaws on the feed, and we have a Podula Rasa coming this Sunday on Halloween. Uh, and, you know, you can also catch up on Oh No, It's Hall Solo, Cooking with Will, Steve versus the prequel, Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steel, which we also uh, recently put up a new episode of, um, Masters of Harvest Kasi with King Tom, Blue Harvest Adventures, Immediate Reactions to the Mandalorian and Bad Batch, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So if that interests you, Blue Harvest 
Patreon, and that's patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. So, buddy, we, uh, <clears throat> we've got something pretty cool to talk and speculate about this week that literally broke <clears throat> uh, the, day after. the day after we recorded last week. And we're going to talk about the ninth Jedi from Star Wars Visions. But I figured, you know, we started off with the bad stuff. So I, I thought I would tell you a good story instead of a bad story, you know? Mm-hmm. So Wednesday, I'm out working. I'm in Talladega working, which is about an hour from where we live, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I wrap up work about 1035, 1040 or so, and I'm getting ready to drive home. And I think to myself, oh, I'm sort of hungry. Actually, I'm quite hungry. I'm only about an hour away from the house, so I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait until I get home and I'll, I'll have a snack or something. So I'm driving, right? And I'm getting close to, like, you know, the interstate, uh, the exit or uh, on-ramp onto the interstate to take me home where there's, like, you know, a cluster of, like, fast food restaurants, you know, uh, gas stations, so on and so forth. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, eh, I don't really want anything from any of those places. You know, they got, like, a Burger King and a McDonald's. There's a Popeye's, but there's not even a fucking drive through it's like one of those Popeyes that's connected to a gas station where you got to go in and order yeah and plus it's 10 30 is Popeyes even going to be open do I need to be having a spicy chicken sandwich at 10 30 and be yeah. all fucking upset tummy like well no probably not so I'm cresting this hill convinced that I am just going to go home have a snack I'm cresting this hill and what do I see peeking up over the horizon shining like a beacon the golden arches right Ah, and i see them mickey d and then the sign comes into view and on the sign are four of the most important fast food words in my life the mcrib is back oh boy i know who just bought twenty dollars worth of mcribs and buddy I'm telling you, I'm not exaggerating when I say I almost flipped my car <laughs> with how quickly I turned into that. Because so I look uh, at the clock and I'm like, oh, they're on lunch. They're on lunch by like 10 or 15 minutes, but they're on lunch. I pull into the drive through skirt. And I, in my head, I heard myself place my order in a very, you know, calm, collected, normal way. In my head, it sounded, you know, sort of like, um, yes, hello, ma'am. I would like one McRib sandwich and a large Diet Coke. I don't know how it actually came out. All I know was after I ordered, she goes, oh, here we go. The lady said oh, through the speaker, is like, oh, speaker. here we go. <sighs> but I didn't let That's that good. shit slow me down. I had my McRib. And it was delicious. I did not get $20 worth of McRibs. I'm just kidding. I don't know that anybody in in this world needs that much pork-like product. In no, one. at that point, you take them to work and you're handing them out. Oh, happy as hell. Yeah, but like, what am I going to do? Come home and be like, hey, Jesse comes to help me. And she, I'm like, hey, I got $20 worth of McRibs on the car. You'd be surprised at how many dates that would uh, that would make a good date for. And well, Jesse, she don't care for the McRib. She doesn't know the truth about the McRib. 
It's pressed in the shape of ribs. But it may not even be pork. Oh, it's it, pork. It's probably a percent pork. It's hey, it's mostly pork. <laughs> it's so much pork you could call it pork. It's more than that. It's I would say it's pork not, plus ninety percent pork. 85% pork. <laughs> the rest is like, you know, some some water and what they call filler. filler. Yeah, filler. <laughs> we'll be generous. But so I just also wanted to make like the public service announcement. If you are a fan of the McRib, it's back. At least here. I've I've gotten I sent out the call to the McRib fan club. I know my friends who enjoy the McRib. And, uh, bro, McDonald's should be slinging us some revenue. At least McRibs. Hey, a, a free McRib a month. I got if you're listening, Ronald McDonald. I got McDonald's flowing through my veins, literally. I was born into the McDonald's game. Your, uh, your, da- your father was a McDonald's man. Yeah. Did you know they retired Ronald McDonald after the creepy clown stuff? I did not, but that's fine with me. <laughs> Ronald McDonald is not your chance. So you know, as my parent, since my parents were in the McDonald's game, you know, I would say kindergarten, first grade, and second grade, I had my birthday party at McDonald's. At McDonald's. McDonald's birthday party. Not hating, love a McDonald's birthday party, right? Did you have a play place? They did, but back in the day, it was this rickety-ass wooden play pe- place. It's not like the play places they have now with the tunnels and the ball pit and shit. This was in the days before the ball pit was a thing at McDonald's. I remember when they upgraded the play pe- place. At, to a ball pit. Yeah. But, that uh, in itself is dangerous as hell. So uh, after my kindergarten birthday party, I had to pull my parents aside and go, hey. I'm totally fine with having my birthday at McDonald's, but next year, can we not have the birthday clown? Can we not have the birthday Mc, uh, Ronald McDonald show up? Because I don't like that shit. Oh, no. I had to request, no, Ronald. Let's talk about some Star Wars. I had forgot that that dude even showed up at the birthday party. I don't even know if it was supposed to be Ronald, but a dude in clown makeup showed up and was doing his fucking clown thing, and I was having none of it. Nope. No, nope. I wouldn't either. I was like, I am here for my birthday happy meal and the McDonald's birthday cake. I don't remember. I don't know if you ever went to a McDonald's birthday party, but they had like a special McDonald's birthday cake that was the shit. I don't remember this. I'm kind of sure that I experienced it at some point, but I, I have very little memory of this. <laughs> oh, it's ingrained in mine because not only did I have one, I had like at least three McDonald's birthdays. I would also have to hang out at McDonald's after school and shit. So I saw a lot of McDonald's birthdays. Like I was a bystander to McDonald's birthdays. And even back then, my awkward ass wasn't like, hey man, just go over and fucking throw down on these strange kids' birthday party. Mm -mm. What's odd is that McDonald's had a stock cake. Yeah. Like you would think they would just send you to Walmart or something. No, man. Back in the day, it wouldn't have been Walmart. It would have been Piggly Wiggly. It had a, it had Ronald on it, and it had like red and yellow icing. It was a McDonald's birthday cake, for reals. <clears throat> so, Star Wars. No Mc, no more McDonald's. No more stomach virus. No more internet issues. Star Wars. That's what this podcast is about. 
So or so I hear. Star Wars, the greatest franchise ever made. So last Friday, uh, Hollywood Reporter broke some pretty big news. Um, I feel like this is probably the biggest Star Wars news we've gotten in a little while. You know, it's been a little bit of a dry spell. And they are reporting that Hayden Christensen, Sky Guy himself, has signed on to appear in the Ahsoka series. That's coming to awesome. I do too, man. <clears throat> um, you know, we already knew he was appearing in Obi Wan. Um, and uh, really, just seems like the dude's all in on being back in Star Wars. And uh, so this, you know, obviously Ahsoka being set in the same time period as the Mandalorian and whatnot, it's kind of raising some questions. Um, But to me, there's really only two options for what it could be, right? Like, how do you have Hayden Christensen show up as the character of Anakin in a post-Return of the Jedi story? You got two options. Uh, That's Force Ghost Anakin or Clone Wars era flashbacks, Anakin. Um, they may do both. Uh, I kind of wonder if that is the case, right? <clears throat> I do kind of wonder if that's... Although I think Force Ghost Anakin would be my pick if I could choose. You know what? Honestly, my, my choice is both. Because Force Ghost Anakin... I could be, I could see being really cool. It could potentially bring some closure to that relationship between Ahsoka and Anakin. Yeah. That we saw so much through the Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff. And uh, that could be really, really cool. It could um, also provide some foundation. I don't say foundation, but I guess more scaffolding for Anakin's return to the light side, you know. That you see in Return of the Jedi, you know, right? You see and can officially redeem to the light side, and that's really all you hear of that. Uh, I thought there would be opportunity for him to speak to Luke in the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. but they just didn't get to that. I mean, obviously they didn't need to. Um, I think they look. It was uh, odd that they referenced Kylo's reverence for Darth Vader and his seeing Darth Vader. You know, kind of referencing a time. When apparently the ghost of Darth Vader spoke to him, probably as Snoke, but it's odd that you reference that and not really get to see it. Yeah, and well, it's 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 the Emperor, right? The Emperor says in the Rise of Skywalker that he's been every voice Kylo's ever heard in his head, and he right. and in that moment he does Snoke's voice and Darth Vader's, right? So right, <laughs> that's what that was. But yeah, like the one thing I would say is. The fact that Hayden's showing up for the Obi Wan show and the Ahsoka show, kind of me to me, just kind of says that like it wasn't that he wasn't interested in appearing in the sequel trilogy. Trilogy, they just didn't ask him. Right. You know, they didn't write him in. <clears throat> uh, but regardless, I think it opens up some cool opportunities because I'm here to tell you, like, there could be something really cool to see from like a Clone Wars era flashback. Um, but the idea of ghost Anakin showing up and, uh, sort of 
communicating and interacting with Ahsoka, like that's pretty intriguing, I think. I would think so too. Um, I would just, uh, like, you, you know, that could cl- clarify some things. Like, at this point in the Star Wars timeline, does Ahsoka even know that Anakin was redeemed, right? Like, clearly she's got to know that Vader died, and she knows, or was, de- you know, the Empire was defeated, and Vader's gone, the Emperor's gone, and whatnot. But does she know any of the details behind that? Yeah, because she, you know, as far as, you know, as far as we know, she's not connected to the Luke Skywalker bubble of Jedi. Doesn't, doesn't seem like it, right? Because in The Mandalorian, like, you know, obviously, ultimately, Grogu ended up with Luke. But it wasn't like she told him, hey, I can't take this kid, but I know someone that should. He's my old master's son, and he's a hell of a dude. Got a green yeah. lightsaber. He's got this pimpin' black outfit. Let me just get you in contact with him. You know what I mean? It wasn't like that. She was like, well, go to this magic mountain, uh, put the baby on top of the mountain, and he'll let him reach out with the force, and Boba Fett's going to show up. It's going to be fucking cool. Trust me, kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, that's the other thing. Like, uh, could be asking a lot, <laughs> but something I've always been interested in seeing is Luke and Ahsoka interact, right? Because I feel like Ahsoka has a critical piece of like experience with Luke's dad that she could um convey to Luke. Like she knew Anakin when Anakin was like a good guy, for lack of a better term, when he was a Jedi Knight. A, a Jedi Knight and you know, obviously, so did Obi-Wan and Yoda, but, like, I feel like there's a little something more to be offered from someone who was Anakin's apprentice, right? Yeah. And so that could be, I don't know, I could just see there being a really cool moment there with that, but do we... It could be interesting, you know, Luke could... Luke could look at it differently. Luke could look at it as the poor apprentice that Anakin turned from the light side towards neutrality. Mm, I don't really see him looking at it that way, you know? I mean, I I just thought it would be interesting. It, well, that's the other thing, right? Like, it will be an interesting perspective outside of just the whole light side or dark side thing for Luke to experience. Absolutely. The, um, the spectrum of, I don't know, Force-sensitive people, because that's the one thing that now and forevermore is that Ahsoka is not a Jedi. You know that I don't. I want to. I don't want to say excuse. You know that's her reasoning for surviving the purge or whatever. But uh, and they seem to drive that home pretty well. Is that she is not a Jedi? Yeah, has some sort of disdain for the Jedi. I don't think it's a disdain. I think it's more of like a disappointment and feels maybe betrayed. not at this point. But I feel like at the very last season of Clone Wars. But I tell you right now, that is going to change. I do not foresee Ahsoka constantly being like, I'm not a Jedi. Do you really? You don't, you don't think so? No, I think she'll come to terms with things eventually as part of her sort of character journey. If I had to guess because bruh, she's not a Jedi, but 
boy, does she hit all the check marks. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's successful in the way a Jedi wants to be. You know, really, like Ahsoka's personality, she's very even keeled. She doesn't give in to emotion. You know, she can think logically. Ahsoka, to me, is the perfect Jedi. You know, she is what Jedi should aspire to be. To you and to one Mr. David Filoni. Internal moral conflict about trying to do the right thing for as many people as possible. Like, that's Jedi. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. Like, I... I wonder what kind of crazy shit they're going to get up to in this Ahsoka series because, you know... She's looking for Grand Admiral Thrawn, right? Right. And it definitely seems like Ezra, Sabine, you know, maybe even Rex are possibilities to show up in this. Um, honestly, I don't even think it's... Like I say, a possibility, like in ex like being extremely cautious, but no, it's a given, right? She's asking, like... In the Mandalorian season two, she's like, tell me where Grand Admiral Thrawn is. Yeah. And, you know, given the way that Rebels ends and stuff, yes. Ezra's going to be in it. Ergo, you got to imagine Sabine's going to be in it, Ahsoka. So. <laughs> it's going to be some sort of tortured Ezra. It's not going to be the same kid that left. I don't know. I'll, I'm very interested to see what they do with that because, you know, basically, uh, much like several of Dave Filoni's char favorite characters, Ezra was taken off the map for the original trilogy, for the entirety of the original trilogy. So, like, yeah. when he if he ever comes back to the main galaxy or whatever, like, there is no Empire anymore. Lothal is free. And, like, given what we saw of it in... Um, that epilogue to rebels it looks like it's a pretty nice place now. So there's some may cool still be there. battling Thrawn. Who knows, man, but that's a long time to be battling Thrawn across the unknown regions of the galaxy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know, buddy. They've got some explaining to do and I'm fascinated to see how they do it. I am too. So, you want to talk about uh, the ninth Jedi? I would. So, the ninth Jedi is the fifth of the Star Wars Vision shorts. Uh, it's my personal. Oh, oh, shit! Put the brakes on. So, Hollywood Reporter reported that Anakin, Anakin thing, right? right? And they're, you know, they're one of the more reputable sources for that kind of information. So, anytime they report on something you can kind of bet that it's pretty accurate. In fact, I'm, I think they were who broke the Tamora Morrison returning as Boba Fett in the Mandalorian news, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But then a, um, a bit of extra confirmation came through when Rosario Dawson, uh, posted the article on her Instagram with the caption, sky guy, they know, See you soon, Snips. Oh, that's cool. And then that post was uh, quickly deleted. Aw. One of those Disney lawyers got on the phone. Please take this down. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to add that in as a further bit of confirmation. So, back to the Ninth Jedi. Like I said, it's the fifth of the Star Wars uh, Vision shorts, my personal favorite. 
and it was produced by Production IG, a animation company, a Japanese animation company that has been around since 1987. Responsible for the original Ghost in the Shell, if I'm not mistaken. Responsible for, if I'm not mistaken, everything animated Ghost in the Shell. Like I, th- they did standalone complex. They did the newest movie. Nice. They they've done everything. They, Ghost in the Shell is their sort of franchise. <clears throat> but I mean, that's just sort of the tip of the iceberg when it comes to what they've done. Um, in the world of anime, and when you look through their uh, their body of work. There's so much shit I'm not familiar with. You know, and plenty of it, like um, Psychopaths. I've heard of that. I've never watched yeah. it. High Q, right. which is something that Steve's obsessed with. It's, it's like a um, a volleyball anime. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously, Ghost in the Shell. They did Attack on Titan Junior High. Oh, wow. They did... Uh, Oh my goodness! So much stuff. More. Uh, they did Morbito. Morbito. That one's good. Um. What else? Let's see. There was a couple that's jumped out to me. Um. Oh, Neon Genesis Evangelion: The End of Evangelion. Okay. Uh, they did the animated sequence in Kill Bill Volume One. We've brought that Very up. Cool. Yeah. Um. They did the anime cutscenes and several video games, including Persona 5. Okay. Um, they did the Mass Effect anime movie, which uh, wasn't great. Um, just so much. They've got such a storied history when it comes to anime and so much crazy. Like, oh, Z- Xenogears, the animated cutscenes in Xenogears, one right. of my favorite playstation one era rpgs uh you know they have done a lot of a lot of work in animation so the fact that they were able to get them for star wars visions i think is a pretty big get right and uh they produced the ninth jedi like we said and it was written and directed by kenji kamiyana and um it tells the story of some indeterminate time long after episode nine. They in the opening monologue or the opening I guess it's monologue, I don't know. Um they say it's been many generations since the Jedi were active in the galaxy. Right, since the Jedi were guardians of peace in the galaxy or some show. And that alone that premise is of it being set way after the, you know, the saga movies. When we originally heard that, that was enough to get me pretty excited. I don't know why, but there's nothing more. Like, there's two premises that are going to get me really excited for something new in Star Wars. Way before the saga movies or way after. That's why there's I like no way to tie it to the saga movies. Yeah. That's why I like, you know, Tales of the Jedi and Knights of the Old Republic, which I talk about all the time. That's why I like a decent amount of Star Wars Legacy, which was a comic series that took place way after 
the original trilogy. I will say that shit got a little silly after a certain point, but it was it was okay and it was exciting at the time when it was coming out. Um, but this tells the story uh, of a <clears throat> a Jedi blacksmith. Well, he's not even a Jedi necessarily, but a blacksmith who's reforging lightsabers under the direction of this guy called the Margrave. And what I found interesting when watching the special feature for this episode was that this episode started off as two different shorts. Yeah, two different plots. There was a plot about the guy, the blacksmith forging the lightsaber, and then there was a separate plot that kind of dealt with masterless Jedi and stuff. And it, it seemed like, you know, both ideas were kind of in their early stages, probably around the time that they were going to pitch their ideas for final approval to Lucasfilm before they really went into production. And that's when Lucasfilm came back at them and said, is there any way you can combine these two ideas into one longer feature? And that's what we got. We got the two stories <coughs> combined. Um, I really like when they were discussing, you know, the, the surprise to the audience, basically mm -hmm. the subversion of expectation. You made the good guy look like Darth Vader, and then you made the Sith look like Jedi. Yeah. I thought that was really cool in the character's design. Man, is it fucking effective in that episode, too, man. It is. It that really is. That scene where she shows up with all the lightsabers, and they all grab them and ignite them, and they all yep. turn red. Holy yep. shit. Because, you know, it, it, it worked really well, because I'm originally watching this episode when, like, they were showing the hologram of the Margrave and stuff, and he looks... Evil. Yeah, he looks like a traditional... Star Wars Sith characters wearing dark armor and shit. I was like, you're thinking uh -huh. trap. Yep. Trap, trap, trap. Don't trust this guy. And then he turns out to be like a good guy. <laughs> and so well done. Um, Very well done. The story of the girl and the blacksmith father. That's really intense. Like they built, it's really impressive how much they built the relationship between those two characters and her relationship to the force you know, really indication of how strong she is with the force mm -hmm. throughout that entire series. It really, you can feel it build. Yeah. And, and, and the like, music helps with that as well. The, okay. So I think my favorite music in, um, the series is from the village bride. Like we talked about last week. Right. I think that's the one that's got my favorite soundtrack. And that's because it's so, you know, it, it's quite a bit different than what we're used to in star Wars. But if I had to pick one that of my favorites that felt the most sort of traditionally Star Wars as far as the score goes, it would be this it one. It would be this one. Yeah. It's really well done. Um, but I, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite things in this episode is how they mine for the kyber crystals. I think it's such a cool fucking idea. Yeah. So um, the planet that this mainly takes... It, it mainly takes place in two locations. Take place on the surface of the planet High Islam, Islam, however you say it, and then a space station that sort of orbits that planet. And the the whole planet seems like it's sort of surrounded by asteroids and stuff, which um, contain kyber crystals. And the main character and her dad have set up a way of mining those, which basically just 
fires mining t- cables into space and then pulls the asteroids down to the surface yeah. so they can get the kyber crystals. I think that's such a cool idea. It's not something they focus on a whole lot. You know, you see the right. one shot at the beginning of the mining hook going into space and grabbing the asteroid. And then later you see the arms launching the hooks into space. Right. But it's like kyber crystal space fishing or some shit. It's so cool. Yeah, it is. It's pretty neat. Um, I do think it's real funny that the first character you meet, the one that shows up on the space station to meet all the other supposed Jedi, (laughs) his name is just Ethan. Ethan. Yeah. Ethan the Jedi. The one other good guy who in the end is like, Oh, you invited me all the way out here. And yet I still am not good enough. (laughs) Yeah. Poor fella. He'll get there. Cheer up, poor chap. You're alive. (laughs) Yeah. You survived the fight. You just survived a fight against a whole bunch of Sith, my dude. That's what a knight says to a squire. I mean, that's just verbatim. Um, but there's so much. I love about this episode. I love the premise. I love the execution of the surprise. The animation is gorgeous to me. In my personal opinion, it's the best looking animation in all of Visions. Um, how badass the the fight scenes are incredible. Incre- yes. I was noticing how well animated the fight scenes and the choreography are, and they're kick ass. They are all the way through. They are, and and like I'm not trying to take away from any of the animation of the other studios that did really excellent solid work in throughout all of star wars visions but when i imagined star wars anime for years and years this is the style yeah this is the style i imagined and like i said production ig has been around for like 33 34 years it shows it shows that they're a long-running studio with a lot of excellent work right um under their belt and I love it. And I loved how the director was basically saying, and we talked about this last week or the week before, He's he said more about it, but that he would love to continue the story and that that's up to the audience to decide. Yeah. Buddy, I'm deciding. Continue the story. Yeah, for real. Give us more of this. And he said, you know, he's got at least a full movie planned out. I would be stoked with that, but no, man, let's turn this into a series. I need 16 episodes in the first season. Keep this story going. It would be cool. I want to see the Margrave save the blacksmith. Yeah, that's got to be the next step in the story, right? I want to see the purple lightsaber dude go ham on somebody. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. He's clearly the Mace Windu. And I'd love, love, like, who's behind it? Who sent all these Sith? You know, there's got to be a big bad. It's Star Wars. Who's the big bad and- at this time? If you listen to some of that stuff, he says, we are acolytes of the Sith and we're here. Like, mm-hmm. and so that means there are many more acolytes of the Sith. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is we're looking at a time when we could could potentially see lots of Sith, lots of Jedi. Um, although I think, you know, for sort of your traditional storytelling purposes for uh, Star Wars, at least Star Wars storytelling purposes, you would probably keep the number of Jedi fairly low to seem like the odds were stacked against them. So then they can overcome it. Right. Yeah. And that way, anytime they found a new Jedi to add to their team, it would be a, a big victory. Right. Right. Exactly. So yeah, man, I love this one. <clears throat> I'd really, really hope we see some more of it. And 
you know, if that comes from an additional short in Star Wars Visions Volume 2, yeah, I would be cool with that. But, but it, it could go further. Yeah, Give now, me the whole movie. Yeah, now that the director is teasing that he's got more story planned out, like, I'm not trying to get greedy here, but damn would I like to see some more. You can retell that story you already told me and put the movie stank on it. It'd be even better. Well, or if they make it a series, then that's just your that's your pilot episode, first episode of the series. True. But it seems like he kind of wants to do a movie based on that that interview. So, is that what's popular, kind of, uh, with animation in Japan, like doing a a feature length film instead of a series? I don't think that's no, no. I don't think that's necessarily popular. I just wonder, because I know a lot of the series come from the shonen, you know, manga that already are serialized to a certain degree. Yeah, but then those are turned into anime. And then what seems more popular um, is to do like, at least from what I say, you know, I say this being no like textbook expert on anime by any means, but at least in my observation, it seems like... the more popular thing to do is put out a season of anime and then be like, mm-hmm. okay, between season one and, uh, one and two, here's a movie. Okay. And then, cause I remember Dragon Ball Z had a bunch of movies Yeah, that didn't really necessarily fall anywhere in continuity. I mean, they did specifically, but they could have been taken out of context. Right. No, like, you know, <clears throat> Demon Slayer had its first season. Then it put out a really good movie, really oh. good movie. And then uh, the second season, you know, I think has already started. But um, that seems to be something that things do now. And, like, my, I don't know how many fucking movies My Hero Academia has. Seems like a lot. It seems like every time I turn around, I see a review for a new (laughs) My Hero Academia and the series is still going. So I wouldn't say that it's necessarily the popular thing to do a movie. It just seems like what that specific director had in mind, or has at least enough story for a movie, I guess. Dude, I thought Bleach was long, but that is not the case. Oh, is it? Compared to some other, you know, like One Piece, there are so many episodes. I can't do it. I can't do One Piece. I've tried a couple of times. It just does not, it's not my thing. Did you watch all of Bleach? Nah, I watched some of it, and I don't know that it's really my thing. Maybe I need to give it another shot sometime. You should give it another shot at some point from the yeah. beginning. Yeah, obviously. I'm not going to be trying to start on the 200th episode or something. Once To me, once they make it into the soul realm is when things start getting interesting. Yeah, I have a lot of anime I need to catch up on. Hunter Hunter, I need to pick Hunter back Hunter's up. Good. Um, that should give Bleach another try. But... And like I said, the new Demon Slayer is running now, and Attack on Titan is its final season is just around the corner. I think it's going to be out sometime around the beginning of next year. Sheesh! And I got to finish watching Highlander. Did I tell you this, Will? What? I bought the entire Highlander series on Vudu digitally for like fifteen bucks. They're having a sale. Duncan McLeod. And I was like, you know what? I've not seen every episode of this. Far from it. 
you know, that was back in the days before DVR when I back you know, from Sci-Fi Channel or USA Network. Um, and so I got it and I started watching it, buddy. And I'm almost done with the first season, and I have yet to see a good episode. <laughs> really, it is really bad. They get better from what I remember. I sure hope so because I got five more seasons after this and I'm going to watch it because A, it's Highlander and B, I spent 15 bucks on it. The last one is really dark. Like the last season from what I remember is super fucking dark. Yeah, but I'm here to tell you I don't care. Like it could get better and and I could definitely see myself enjoying it more. But I will never get over the fact that Duncan McLeod is just a cut-rate copy of Connor McLeod. Yeah, right. He's just not as cool. I'm sorry, Adrian Paul. I know you got the leather jackets and the ponytail and shit. You're just not Connor McLeod. I'm sorry. Just accept it and move on, and we'll all be better for it, all right? The sad part is Duncan McLeod, the Adrian Paul, is the better martial artist and choreographer, better sword fighter cinematically to watch well, it doesn't Connor matter Mc... Connor mcleod was not a good sword but yes, like didn't fuck, look yes, like a good sword yes he was he was he looked awesome he's way better i don't <laughs> care i don't care if fucking adrian paul spent 20 years studying midoriyama budokai or whatever the fuck this man is not Connor mcleod of the clan mcleod i'm not saying that he is oh, he's you're most getting certainly me not. hot under the non-existent collar here buddy what's funny is that they made a highlander move uh, a series could have been any high the premises highlanders pop up all over the world right well but no, no. okay you so you went and you made I get the I guess the title Highlander. He's got to come from the Highlands of Scotland, like right, right, yeah. It's it, it could have been any family, but you went again with McLeod. Well, what are you gonna do, man? Like, and you know, Connor shows up in the first episode, and he's the only good thing about it. He's the yeah. only good thing about the pilot episode, and he ain't even in it that much. He showed up for like a day or two of filming and got that fat paycheck, and was like, hey. I'll see you guys later. I got to go film with Mario Van Peebles, y'all. Highlander oh. 3, the next j- dimension, son. After that, I have Mortal Kombat. You know, I'm not one to give into fanboy rage, but when I went to see the atrocity that was Highlander Endgame in the theater, have you ever seen that movie, Will? I don't think I have, man. Is that the one with Connor and Duncan? It is. Ooh, I did not hear good things. Hey, boy, did I get mad at that movie. Boy, was I mad at that movie. Killed my love of Highlander for a few years, and then fucking, who brought me back in? It wasn't It wasn't Duncan. Connor. It was Connor. You know, uh, that was one of, the, when I would get sick, when I was, a, I guess, an adolescent, my dad would rent me some movies, you know, that he liked that I didn't know anything about because they were from the eighties, you know, and Highlander was one of those movies he rented for me. And I was like, Whoa, this was awesome. Your dad's got good taste in movies. Yeah. My dad does. He's got good taste. Me and your dad have similar taste in movies. That's for I believe the other one was like cocoon and, um, what was it? No batteries included. Batteries not included. Batteries not included. The little flying alien robots. Yeah, yeah. Those were all good movies. I remember them all being good. 
You want to hear from some of our buddies and call it a night? I do. Let's do that. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kia D. Cockhead. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kia D. Cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. All right. If you want to be featured uh, on Blue Harvest, uh, just send us a voicemail or an email to blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. So first up, we've got um, (coughs) a voicemail from our buddy Steel. I don't know. As far as I can remember, you know, Steel's been on the show several times, but he's never emailed. He might have sent a voicemail for like our 200th episode maybe or something like that. Yeah. But, you know, something tells me we must have done really well. Like, we must have rocked Steel's world for him to send in a voicemail. Yeah, we must have uh, almost a pissed in his Wheaties. No, I was thinking we must have, like, nailed something. Like, oh, I was thinking he might be upset. Oh, maybe. Shit, dog, now you're giving me anxiety. Maybe we don't <laughs> even listen to Steel's. Maybe it's just best. Maybe it's... it's. Uh, maybe you listen to that privately before. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's like uh, Schrodinger's Steel's voicemail. Is it good? Is he is he happy? Is he mad? We'll never know. He's both happy and mad until we play the uh, the the voicemail. Damn, dog, you got me all nervous and shit. Let's see. I mean, we'll Let's rip see. the Band-Aid off. Here it comes. Hey everyone, the next call will be not safe for work. Okay? Right. Good. Because, are you fucking kidding me? Stepping to the Clark's Wallaby. Oh my god. Are you kidding me? It's steel, by the way. Listen, as you found out, it was the Clark's Wallaby worn by Walter White. The Wu-Tang Clan. Maybe you've heard of him. Mark Hamill. And according to Will Witten, Wheaton, whatever, your old man mate, Steel Saunders. <laughs> Witten, Wilton, Stick to your turkey advice, buddy. <laughs> a chef. Give me out his opinion on footwear. It's a bit rich. It's a bit rich.
the pause at the end Honestly. is ominous. Honestly. They just earned words, I guess. We uh we really did it this time. So the answer is the Clark's Wallaby demigod. Uh, man, what do we what do we have to do, man? Like I thought it was universally decided that Crocs weren't good. But I guess people decided to embrace the meme, right? And now Crocs are good. And so we talk about Crocs and what happens, right? Is we get people calling in and they're like, hey, man, take it easy on Crocs. And then so Will, Will, not to throw Will under the bus, but he brings up Clark Wallabies because I didn't even know what they were until I looked at That was back in the day. I was thinking about high school fashions. I think I what was the, the conversation at the time. And then I look them up and I go, oh, yeah, they're goofy. Thinking, surely this won't upset anybody. These shoes? These shoes, right? But no, not only did we upset somebody, we upset Steel. I'm pretty, I mean, he did name some folks that wear them. But a lot, I think several of them were old men in my own defense. Okay, hold on. As so, in the Wu-Tang Clan and Mark Hamill specifically. Okay, but I, I, something tells me maybe the Wu-Tang Clan, they might have been wearing them in their heyday. You know what I mean? And right. I'm, Which would have been like <laughs> buddy, I'm my here, middle school. I'm here to tell you, I'm not stepping to the Wu-Tang Clan. You know what I mean? I, I mean, from no, what I hear, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Exactly. Exactly, Will. <laughs> That's and, just what I hear. And then secondly, okay, look. Peace and love. I love Mark Hamill, right? I met Mark Hamill at Star Wars Celebration in Orlando 2017, and I was struck silent. Like a necromancer. See what shoes he was wearing. No, I definitely didn't check out his shoes. (laughs) I think Jesse talked to Mark Hamill more than I did when I met Mark Hamill. That's how in awe I was of being in the presence of Luke motherfucking skywalker the guyver for god's sake the carbonite right for guyver the guyver not macgyver the guyver so but i will say this maybe mark's shoe choice and other choices in life aren't necessarily always the greatest let me give you an example i remember seeing a series of pictures of mark hamill who i love i love him I love Mark Hamill going into a McDonald's. This was before the Disney buyout of Lucasfilm. Mark was a, quite a bit heavier then, right? Yeah. The pictures were him going into Mark McDonald's, coming out of McDonald's with a sizable bag of burgers. Might have even been $20 worth of McRibs. Ooh. Which, by the way, not hating. Not hating. I approve of his fast food choice. Get as many items at McDonald's as what you as you want. But what really freaked me out in this series of pictures was then Mark Hamill picking through the ashtray out of outside of McDonald's, finding a half smoked cigarette. To find a half smoked Lucy out of a, <laughs> a a trash can a trash can ashtray. The ashtray on top of a trash can. Not an ashtray by itself. And then he he started smoking it. Now, maybe there was a missing picture where Mark Hamill was smoking a cigarette going into McDonald's. 
and placed his cigarette in the that's ashtray. That's what I like to see. That's, that's what, what I like, I like to, think. to think. I like to think he put that cigarette there and remembered where he put it so that he could get it on his way out. But there that's was the one that I want to believe. There was an awful lot of pictures in this series, and I didn't see that one. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying, maybe only 98% of Mark Hamill's decisions are great. And maybe the 2% that aren't great were smoking a strange half-smoked cigarette out of a McDonald's trash can. Or, and maybe the Clark Wallaby. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. What do I know about shoes? Shoes are like useless Christmas ornaments on my feet. The, I was going to say the reason you don't like clocks is because you don't walk in them. But I, I wasn't going to go that low. <coughs> yeah, that's why I don't like, because I don't walk in them. They, like, the pair of shoes that I'm wearing, that I wear now, Will, I've had since the week before Grand Theft Auto Five came out. Because oh, I never wear shoes out. Why? Because I don't walk. <laughs> Why does anybody care about my opinion of shoes? I like it when you said they dangle from your feet like Christmas ornaments. <laughs> They're like useless Christmas ornaments. Decorative purposes only. Uh, your Adidas lifts were the shit. I remember those. I still have Adidas. That's nice all I wear. Why? Because fucking corn wore him back in the day, and I'm like, I can't break the cycle. I saw Jonathan Davis wearing Adidas shoes in 1996, and I said, I gotta get a pair of Adidas! That That's the ticket for me. That looks mighty fine. We have a follow-up email, a voicemail from Steele. Maybe this one's, maybe he was like, psych! It's just the calming salve to the wound, the burn. Maybe this one, psych! I'm just messing with you guys. Well, if you suck. Yeah. Something tells me that ain't it. That ain't it. He might be going in even harder on the second one. Yeah. Okay, that said, um, I do have to say I did wear them for the first time in front of my three-year-old son, Harry. And he did look down at my feet and say, you wearing those shoes? And I said, yes. And he goes, Why? <laughs> but that's my son. Not two blathering idiots on the other <laughs> side of the country that are picking crocs over the clocks wallaby. No. <laughs> Dude, that's like liking 70s Battlestar Galactica over the original trilogy. Come on. Come on. Bro. You know that. Do you ever see people use that Tom Hardy gif from Fury Road when he's pointing and he goes, that's bait? I feel like yeah. that's what that Battlestar Galactica thing was there at the end. I feel like Steel was setting us up to then talk shit about 70s Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> and then sure enough, next week we get a bunch of voicemails or emails where people like, my father was a Cylon, you bastard. He put food on my table with that fake plastic mask. Ooh, a peace and love. I, 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 nobody, I, 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 don't listen to me about shoes. All right? When you see me at Star Wars Celebration, just look at my feet and go, oh, of course. Look at these dangly bastards. You know what Swaying I in the breeze. I have to give it. I bet they're comfortable. I bet my they're shoes so comfortable. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you, Will, because I can't feel my feet. 
I bet they're so comfortable that old men like to wear them. My old men wearing my shoes, bro. You think I just rent these bitches out like an Uber? I meant the wallabies. Oh, that makes more sense. Let's move. The guys on the golf team wore wallabies. Like they all wore wallabies and khaki shorts. Hey, man, I, I'm not going in on any clothing item. I can't do this every week. I'm not making fun of it. I was just no, reminiscing. You're, you're trying to get me to go in on khaki shorts when you know. Here we go. Jinko jeans. What you got? When you know I don't wear shorts because I don't want people to see my fucked up little leg. <laughs> people be staring enough as it is. If I don't got that fucking toothpick waving around in a brace and a big old shoe, keep it secret. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. You keep it safe. All right. I made the mistake of wearing Jinko jeans to Grenada, Mississippi Middle School. Bruh, I, that probably had a high school long detrimental effect on my reputation. Oh, my and God. I bet you no. it was the Comedy Central roast of Will Witten. It really was. It was. I could not get, I wanted to make up excuses to go home. I was like, do I have to finish this day in these blue jeans? Like, I, I just thought, you know, I used to live in Huntsville, and, which was a larger city at the time. And I was like, oh, this is the trend. This is cool. This shit's tight. I'm going to be the first kid doing this. And then I was like, oh, it was like walking into a firing squad. Like, that my poor little naive me. If I could have any words to young William, it would be don't don't wear the Jinko jeans. Don't No. If I had any words to young Will Witten, it would have been Fuck those assholes. Only wear the Jinko jeans. Only wear Jinko jeans. <laughs> Only wear the Jinko jeans, Will. You know and what I would have like, said? You know what I would have said? Trunk legs. You know what I would have said had we been in class together? What's that? I'd have said, hey, man, nice jeans. <laughs> and you would have said, hey, man, nice Adidas. I know you've had that same pair for four years, but they look brand new because you don't walk. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, we got a voicemail from Mr. 100. Kobe. Hey, Halls and Wilts, your boy Kobe, a.k.a. Mr. 100. How's it hanging? Uh, I'm coming at you with my question this week. Small. Pretty easy one for you. How it's hanging. Um, so I liked Haas, your tweet about um, the rumored um, new black series that are coming out, and one of them was Kitty Mundy, which is obviously dope, you know, Kitty Cockhead Gang. I, I would love that one to go alongside the uh, Plo Koon and the um, Kit Fisto which I think is awesome. I think those two figures are great, and I'd love a Kia D to go with them. And the Ala Secura looks dope, too. Um, with that in mind, that kind of got me thinking, what is one, like, Black Series, or um, it can be Black Series, Hot Toys, uh, any type of uh, higher-end um, figure, you know, of the, I guess, Black Series is kind of average, but of Black Series and up, of the more higher-end figures, what's one figure that you haven't seen that you would like to see? Um, like I said, this can be from any of them, not just Black Series or Hot Toys, where, you know, wherever this can be. Busts, figures, um, diorama scenes, um, but mainly focused around, like, 
one or two figures, what would be one that you would love to see? Um, I think mine would be Black Series, and it would be like a Jedi Council collection where they make, uh, we'll just say around like episode three, for example, they make um, all 13 of the Jedi Council members um, in, in a line um, in one of the uh, releases, whether that be in the fall or spring or whenever. Um and then to go along with that, what is one that you would never want to see? And again, same stipulations. This can be a singular figure, diorama, bust. Um, what's something that you would never want to see and you just would not ever want them to make? Um, as always, you guys are the best. Keep it real. Peace out. Ooh, you know I like this question. So, okay. <clears throat> I meant to bring it up in the body of the show, but yeah, Yak Face known purveyor of uh, Star Wars merchandise news, reported that they are finally making a Kiati Mundi Black Series figure. And I want to tell you guys now, if that is true, we're going to be giving some away on the show in right. celebration. And Well, if it's true and they're not some sort of Hard to get exclusive. No, they won't be. I mean, it's a $20 figure. What I mean is like if um, if they're not an exclusive somewhere, that's hard to get. If they're a general release figure and I can pre-order like five of them to give away, we're going to be doing Kiati Monday giveaways in celebration. Hell yeah. So just keep that in mind. Now, <clears throat> I would love for the Kiati Monday collection a hot toy of Kiati Monday. I don't know if they'll ever do it, but if they did, I would freak out. Um, and you know who's never gotten a figure? Thinking of a man who probably also, post-episode three, had some really fucking pristine shoes. My dude, Kleeg Lars. Kleeg Lars. They've never done a figure of Kleeg Lars. I wonder why. Because they didn't want to make the space wheelchair, Will. That's not why. They said, we can't reuse the space wheelchair mold. Did they make young Owen and young Baru? How can we make battle-damaged Kleeg Lars? Bomb Squad Kleeg Lars. Bomb Squad. We gotta do stuff where we can reuse the mold. Um, I don't know if they ever did young Baru and Owen. I'm not sure. I just don't think you would do a figure for someone who spent, you know, seconds on screen. Oh, really? <laughs> Tell that. Oh, really, Captain Zuya? Oh, oh, really? <laughs> Wasn't even in the movie. You want to tell, tell tell that to Pone to Baba or Snaggletooth or fucking Hammerhead? Huh? Huh, Will? Uh, Second, uh, <laughs> Star Wars made its bread and butter for years making figures of figure. people who were on screen for two seconds. 8D8? <laughs> Fuck my ass, 8D8. <laughs> they could have made a Klieg Lars. And I think it's because Hasbro don't like folks in wheelchairs. Bastards. You let me go to one of those Comic-Con panels and get the mic during the Q&A part. It won't be like, hey, when are you guys gonna... Hey, when are you guys gonna put out... Uh, Another Millennium Falcon. It's going to be like, where's my Klieg Lars, Hasbro? 
what you got against people in wheelchairs, Hasbro. That's you not know, very bro like that the um the robots, the clone not the uh oh my goodness. The droid uh, army in the prequels, they they ride on these the staff single single person scooters that hover. Yeah, yeah, they that would that's pretty close. That's pretty close to it. You could just put Kleeglars on one of those. No, that's nothing like it. Will that's nothing like Kleeglars' I mean, wheelchair versus seated, but you know, buddy, you put a seat on it, buddy. You're telling me my man's went out to try and rescue Shmi. Her name was Shmi. He went to try and rescue Shmi, right? He lost a leg in the process, right? Is and that then how he lost a leg? He comes back. Yeah, the Tuscan Raiders took his leg. And they I probably thought he lost it to diabetes and just was having a hard time doing it with one leg. No. Was that a joke or did you really think he lost it because of diabetes? <laughs> Because at this uh, point, for some I'm reason, so I don't remember that the leg <laughs> do, was a wound from you re- the Tuscan Do you Raider really think attempt. Anakin showed up? I remember him saying, oh, I tried to get her back, couldn't get her back. But I don't remember him saying, "No, I lost my damn leg to it. Yeah. Bro, did you really think Anakin shows up? I thought he woke up? Brimley that leg. You really thought Anakin showed up on the Lars homestead and was like, where's my mother? And Cleek was like, well... My blood sugar got real high. <laughs> okay. And I don't know if you know this, Anakin. But I blacked out. The price of insulin is ridiculous. <laughs> it's frankly a crime oh, how expensive God. insulin is when it costs like two credits a vial to produce. Which, by the way, in the real world, the cost of insulin is fucking stupid. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and then he said, so I lost Thanks, my leg. America. And I, I can't go one-legged. No, he lost his leg trying to shave, save Shmi. One of the Tuscan Raiders cut it off and held it up over his head and pumped his fists like in that no, scene. No, didn't. Yes. And then beat him with it. Yeah, that's what happened. There's a whole comic about it. There's a whole Dark Horse comic about it. Whoa. It's just called Lars. No, it's not. Yeah. You're making this up. I'm. I'm. This is Cripple Ghost setup. I am 100% serious. You are setting me up for a Kleeglars Cripple Ghost no. double win. No, I'm not, buddy. I swear. I swear I'm not setting up a Cripple Ghost joke. I promise. If I had more time to look up the comic panels, <laughs> I would. You're just going to have to trust me on this. All right. I do. There I is do. a Dark Horse comic that just came out. Lars. That came out in. I want to say March of 2005, two months before Revenge of the Sith. <clears throat> and in it, it detailed Klieg Lars, Biggs Darklighter's dad. I can't remember what his name was, but Biggs Bark- Darklighter's dad was in it. And Owen going to rescue Shmi and why they were unsuccessful. Just the three of them? That's why you were unsuccessful. There were more, but those were the only three character like named characters okay, okay. that you like were familiar with. It was Owen, Biggs Biggs Darklighter's dad. I think it was shit, I can't remember. I can't yeah, remember. Genocidal Jedi. And then Kleeg Lars. And Kleeg Lars was balling, man. He dual wielded shit. Like he he carried two weapons. Didn't oh, help wow. him. They jumped on him. They cut his leg off and held it up over their head and pumped it up and down 
like that scene from um, A New man. Hope. It was brutal. That is brutal. That's wicked. So Klee Lars has more of my sympathy now. What uh, what figure would you like to see produced that you've never seen, and what would you never want to see? Um. I would want to see um, this is hard. I'm trying to think of something I have not seen in toy form. Yeah. That's because there's a lot. They covered a lot of shit. Yeah. Remember when you just a few minutes ago you're like, I don't think they need they would make a figure for a character that was on screen for just a couple minutes. Now think about it. They okay. used, they made everything. You know what I don't want to see? Atomically correct, removable clothing, Malakili, the Rancor Keeper. I don't want to oh, know what's gross. doing under those pants. Ooh. He's got like a bra or something on. He's got, he's probably got. A harness or something, doesn't he? He's probably got Klee Glar's missing leg, if you know what I mean. Ooh. They call him both three-leg Malakili. Malakili the tripod. I'm saying he's swinging meats. Oh, that's disgusting. Okay, I can tell you who I do want to don't want to see. Who's that? I don't want a Dex figure. Oh, they've definitely made one. They've oh, they made one. <laughs> they've absolutely made a Dex from Dexter's Diner. Not in probably not in Black Series form or like you know <clears throat> larger scale, but they've definitely made one. You usually wouldn't hear me say this, but I don't need an Oppo Rancisus uh, figure. It would just kind of look like Snake Turd. Snake Turd. Well, it might be. It might be cool looking with his little kung fu hair thing. I don't know. Something tells me they've made that too. I can't say for sure. Oh yeah. But something tells me, buddy. I'm telling you, they used to make shit like this. Okay. Now what about just... Phantom Menace? Mm-hmm. Uh, ending scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jedi that are standing up there when, when he accepts the orb from the Gungan uh-huh. boss Nass. The uh, the guy with he's fleshy colored, but he's short. He's got really big ears and he's got an eye patch. What is is his name? What is his name? Uh, yeah, he. You would almost think he was like a different colored version Yoda. of uh, yeah, because he's got the big ears. Yeah, but I think Yaddle is there and that guy. What is his fucking name? Any other day of the week and I'd... I picked an obscure one that I would take. That one would be cool. Um, I wonder if they haven't made... I wonder if they have made a figure of him. I don't know. I don't need a Rastar figure. I don't need that. They definitely made a Rathar. They made Did like they? a Rathar set. His name is Even Peel. Even Peel. <laughs> bottom back, right, bottom fly. <clears throat> All right. Um, let's hear from Jim. So I, I do want to take a quick aside. Our buddy Sam sent in an email. And he says that the email contains spoilers for War of the Bounty Hunters, which I am in the midst of getting caught up on, right? So we're going to save your email, Sam, until I'm done. And you might actually hear 
me on a Friends of the Podcasts podcast talking about War of the Bounty Hunters. Um, I'll clue you guys in when that happens. All right, this is from Jim. What's up, guys? I got some post-signers questions. Bro. (laughs) All right, let's go again. I like the energy. What's up, guys? I got some post-signers questions. How the hell are you guys doing? Uh, I have some percentage questions, and they're all over. They're all over the place. I mean, all the different shows, all the next coming years. They're questions where you should not have any fucking way to know whether they're going to happen or not. But damn it, I'm still going to throw them by you. Mm-hmm. All right. First off, the Andor show. What are the chances that... Cassie and Andor happens to run into Hera. Ooh. 60. 60%. <clears throat> I'm th- I I feel I feel like 60 is probably a pretty good number there, Will. I'm gonna go slightly lower. I'm gonna say it's a 50-50, right? 50-50 shot. Just because I think Hera will be cast in live action at some point almost for assuredly right and i wonder if they go i wonder what accent they go with well they'll probably right, go with with no accent. young hera have like a french accent yeah but she grew out of it when she moved away right at some point um yeah i don't know i say about 50 50 just because obviously they did the the hera call out in rogue one like the little cameo call out yeah. of Hera in the ghost appeared. So I see what leads Jim to ask this question. I almost feel like that would be sort of a <clears throat> Hayden's coming back for Ahsoka series type casting thing where if they mm-hmm. had cast Hera for Cassian that we probably would have heard something about it by now, mm-hmm. but I'd be happy to be wrong. All right. All right, my next question is, uh, since maybe he's met Hera and he doesn't have K2SO, he's going to need a droid with him, right? So what if, uh, what are the chances that Cassian rolls with our boy Chopper for the first time in live action? I know we saw him in Rogue One. Whatever. What do you think? If Hera shows up, there's a 100% chance Chopper shows up. I just, I'm now thinking less my... I, I think it's less likely. Oh, you're you're lowering the Hera percentage from sixty. Yeah, yeah. Now thinking about having Chopper having to be in it as well. Oh, I don't see uh, Chopper's the easy one to me. I mean, I agree. I agree. I just I'm thinking about. Do I think they'll try to squeeze that many characters in? I don't know. Cassian's ten episodes. There's a lot you could do in ten episodes. We'll see though. But I say if Hera shows up. 100% chance we see Chopper. If there's no Hera, 0%. Agreed. All right. For my next question, it's about the Ahsoka show. What are the chances that Grogu shows up? Uh, 
15. This one's a tough one for me. Because I don't think Ahsoka is going to meet up with Luke. I, before we knew that Anakin was in the show, I would have said l- low chance. But now that Anakin is in the mix. That's true, You now that you mention it. I think Luke could show up at some point, and if Luke shows up, I think they would include Grogu because he's fucking baby Yoda and everybody loves him. Yeah. I'm going to say 45%. Okay. <clears throat> Let what do you gentlemen think the chances of Ahsoka having her own Padawan or taking on a Padawan in the first season of her brand new show? Zero percent. Zero. I think she's going to be too busy. She's going to be dealing with Force Ghost Anakin or having flashbacks to the Clone Wars. Her and Sabine are going to be looking for Ezra. There's going to be some poor bastard all painted up blue with red eyes being thrown. And taking a Padawan is a Jedi endeavor. You know, I'm not necessarily sure she's about that life. Yeah, you keep saying that, but I think that's going to change. But even still, I'm just saying old David Filoni is Filoni said in an interview that Ahsoka doesn't consider her to be a Jedi, but he considers her to be the most Jedi and that people hold on to this concept of her not being a Jedi, that they hold on to that too much. I think he's saying that because she's, she herself is going to change her mind. I see, but we'll see. Um, Well, they spent a lot of time driving that point home for us to adhere to it. Yeah. But what's the point in having a static character, too, you know? I mean, I completely agree. I'm just saying. Look, I could change. I could come on the show next week and be like, Will, I have a confession to make. I'm wearing a pair of Crocs Wallabies. Whatever. Clark's Wallabies. Whatever. I'm mixing shit up now. I'm wearing these Wallabies, and let me tell you, I can feel my feet. They've cured they feel me. I'm glorious. walking, Will. And they feel glorious. But I still think 0% chance of Ahsoka having a paddle one. Yeah, yeah. What do you guys think the chances of Omega showing up in the Boba Fett show are? Zero. 75. I say zero. I think Omega has a chance to show up in live action eventually. I think it might be a little early for that because I think Boba Fett's your place to make it happen. The reason I say this is because I, I kind of feel like Boba Fett was in production. Well, it, it was true. It's true. Boba Fett was being made before Bad Batch aired and before they were able to gauge people's reaction to the Bad Batch. Right? So like if the Bad Batch came out and people universally were like, yo, fuck Omega. And then they were like, oh shit. We've got Omega in this Boba Fett show. And buddy, I... I've been hearing some crazy shit about the book of Boba Fett. Maybe the Mandalorian is a more likely vehicle for Omega. I've been hearing some crazy shit about the Boba Fett show, about book of Boba Fett. So much that I think I'm getting being fucked with a little bit. 
Really? But if what I'm what I've heard is true, there's going to be enough going on in that show as it is, and I'll leave right. it at that. Well, all right. And last question: What are the chances that we see Boba Fett? kicking some major fucking ass and giving zero shits in about 69 days. That's a 100% chance. That's a 100%. How did Jim match our energy? You know what he I mean? Did. Like of the yeah. end of the, in the second half of the episode? He's a magic man, that Jim. Yes. He also messaged me today and said, I did want to ask one more percentage question, but I was too pumped to remember it at the time. I was curious what you guys thought the chances of Jabba showing up in the Boba Fett show in a flashback were. <clears throat> you know, I don't know. I think slim, but it's definitely possible. I want to say I want it to be a hundred percent chance of Jabba showing up. I would be so stoked. Do you think they would use a puppet or do you think they would use CGI? I want them to use a puppet. That's what I would want. That's quite the endeavor. That's quite a, a building a Jabba puppet for a cutback scene. That's quite a bit. But, you know, if you build that Jabba, guess what you can do? You can reuse that Jabba just like Hasbro reuses a stormtrooper mold, right? I mean, you will inevitably need another hut. Or you could have Jabba show up. See, this is what this is what I hope happened. They're filming Cassian. And you know how Diego Luna famously is obsessed with Jabba and really wanted, wants to have a scene with Jabba? Yeah. So I like to envision that they made a Jabba puppet for the Cassian show. Then they fucking packed him up in a wooden crate like a real doll and shipped him over to California for the Boba Fett show. Yikes. That's what I like to think. So Jabba will show up in Cassian and Boba Fett. I'm going to say it now. I'm going to throw a pitch for the swing for the fence. I'm going to use a, sp a sports term that I don't quite understand and say 100%. But I'm prepared to be disappointed, as always. So, buddy, uh, I think that does it, <laughs> thankfully. I think it does. Boy, my arm hurts. I can imagine. I, um,. Really appreciate you guys. If you've gotten this far, like achievement unlocked, I guess. Yeah, right. That's all I can say. Uh, hey, if you haven't already, leave us a five star and five star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. If you really like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes. Spotify or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com If you want to hear me chopping it up with our buddy Steve talking about video games then check out the High Potion Podcast. It's available wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll see you guys next week. And until then this has been Blue Harvest and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.